Hi everyone, I'm your host Roy George and welcome to Triple Threats and Beyond. podcast land. I am bringing a different type of podcast to you guys today. Um, My guest has a really, really interesting story and though is not in the theater, film, television world, has kind of landed herself in the television world in spite of herself. Um, It will all make sense once you hear this whole story. But um, I am here with a really good friend of mine, Lindsay Loveless, and she has a Story that I found while watching one of my, I don't want to say favorite programs, that sounds so deranged, but whatever. Um, one of the programs I watch on TV, Dateline NBC, and uh, her family was featured. And um, for those of us that know Dateline NBC episodes, they're not always the most happy and uplifting things. But in spite of this episode, a uh, great friendship has come from it, and I am excited to welcome her on the show to talk about Uh, The episode itself, her life, and then how she's used uh, such, honestly, horrific events to find strength, to find dignity, and to find beauty in herself. And so I'm excited in this very long-winded introduction to welcome Lindsay Loveless to the program. So hello and welcome. Hi. How are you? So long. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll cut that down when I edit, but I probably won't. Um, (laughs) Because it's my show and I don't give a shit. I do what I want. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. Before we went on air, you said that you have no filter and you're sorry if you mess up. Good news. Messing up doesn't happen on the show. We just go with it. And having no filter is what makes great conversations. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so before we talk about the more recent things in your life that are going on, which are incredible and wonderful as well. I want to talk about um, this episode of Dateline NBC and how you're affiliated with it. So I'm going to let you take over and share whatever you're comfortable with sharing and and, uh, tell us your story. Awesome. So I'll just start from the beginning. Um, On February... 14, 2006, I lost my mom. Um, I was the age of 12. I had three younger brothers, um, and my youngest was four. My youngest brother was four. So that was a shock and kind of out of nowhere. Um, I went to school. It was a normal day. Got a call that my biological father was coming to school to see me. And my mom had been sick, like cough, cough sick, but nothing like insane and I was like okay well maybe she went to the hospital and I got pulled into the principal's office where I was told by my biological father and my principal that my mom had passed away that morning so I pretty much went from being what I thought a normal life where it was 
mom and dad at home. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. Dad was a lawyer. I had three younger brothers. What I thought was a normal life, living to, holy shit, nothing's ever going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward a couple of years, uh, my biological father got remarried to a woman who ended up being abusive, really, to me. Um, physically and mentally, lived through that and ended up getting taken out of my house by my grandparents to live with my other grandparent because it literally just became unsafe for me to live. Um, So they took me out on Christmas Eve of 2009. And so their marriage went on, remained with the relationship with my brothers, ended up going to college, went through high school, um, went to college and in college, my sophomore year, I was in one of my favorite classes actually. And I got a call from the Iowa city police department, which was very odd. I've always been a rule follower. And I was like, that's weird. I had reported a car at one, like a couple of weeks earlier about them trying to get me in their car and thought that was that. And I called them back after class because I didn't answer and they were like, we need you to come to the station, which I didn't even know there was a station where the station was, like had no idea. And I went down, a detective from Quincy, Illinois was there. He was asking questions. And I, questions about the day my mom died. This is eight years after she had died. So very odd. I went back where I was living, which was the sorority house, and put two and two together that they were questioning if my biological father was had murdered my mom. I figured that out very quickly. So I went from the normal American, what I thought was an a normal a normal American girl, to not having her mom and having a father really to holy shit right. <laughs> very quickly. Within a span of eight years. So that was fun. Um, fast forward to the trial. I got had to testify. And it was probably one of the hardest things I had done. I lost contact with my brothers because of this. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, you just go through a, tri- a murder trial where you watch your father get charged with the death of your mother. Um, having to testify having to watch your brothers testify who you didn't have contact with because of this, um, watching people pretend like they know your life and get involved in things that really they have no reason to say their opinion or even act like they know you. Um, and just watching my family go through that was probably the hardest part. But the first trial, he was it was a mistrial. It was done in our hometown. Um, had to wait a whole other year, did not have to testify in the second one, thankfully, but he was found not guilty in the second trial. So, yeah. So your dad, your biological father is living in Iowa with his... He's living in Champaign, Illinois right now. Got you. With his wife, doing whatever. And so, oh my gosh. How do you even grapple with that at such a young age? And I say young, it was probably, were you 14, 15 at that point? For what, the death or? 
You were 12 at the time of her death, and then when it all kind of blew up, so to speak, you were how old? I was, let's think about this, I was 20. Oh my gosh. Even at 20, though, like that's college life, that's, you know, finding romances and all that stuff, so I, uh, I can't even imagine what that's like. What was that like for you? Um very uprooting, I think mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. What you thought your life was gets uprooted and then all of a sudden you don't know anything and honestly teenage, early twenty years suck anyway because you're trying to figure yourself out. Right. And then you have your the hormones on top of it and then like you're figuring out your love life, and you're figuring out who you are and you're trying to get your degree and there's a lot going on there. And then to have that happen was like a whole other level. And I mean, everyone thought I was going to drop out of college. Right. They're like, she can't handle it. Like she's not going to do it. And I did get my degree. So prove them wrong. Huh? And you are also (laughs) a teacher like that. Let's be clear. Like you have gone on to get your degree and to also change the lives of young people as well. Who, um, may have traumatic home lives or may have things that have happened to them similar to what's happened to you. Um, and so you had mentioned you really don't keep in contact with your biological father and your brothers. What has that been like for you? Um, my biological father, like he was in and out from age 14 up. Um, so not having contact with him doesn't bother me. Plus he's not a nice person. Like he never put me first. He always chose. He's been married three times now. He- his wife over me so that doesn't hurt does hurt not to have contact because we everything mm-hmm. and they the, the trial for years I think we're year three the trial being over okay and we still don't have contact which baffles me because all three of them are in the military they're all out of the house they're all doing they're all adults really and we still don't. So that's that's probably the hardest part of all of this. It's not the trial. It's not seeing your family on television. It's not going through all that. It's the lack of communication from my brothers who we went through everything together, right. including the death of our mother. So that's what sucks. So through all of that, you have... you were kind of thrust into the spotlight being on television and being in interviews and things like that. Has that changed your life? Has that made things more difficult for you? What was that like to, in spite of yourself and in spite of being private or not private, you kind of had to go through life relatively publicly, especially with family stuff? In the beginning, it's kind of funny because in the beginning, I would not do interviews. There was one person I was with from my hometown who worked at the news station who was covering it, and that's because I personally knew her, mm-hmm. and I trusted her. I didn't want my words to get twisted. I didn't want my words to get put in a limelight light that I didn't intend on. Um, so I did talk to her, but that was it. With the When the shows, both 48 Hours and Dateline, started approaching us I was like I will not talk I'm not talking this is not you are not using me absolutely not and I quickly realized 
after the first trial, I realized that I needed to speak, not for my sake, but for right. my mom's sake, because right. my mom was getting painted in a picture that was not true mm-hmm. um, by the media, by his lawyers that were defending him, calling her an alcoholic, calling her all this. I'm, no, she was not that. Like, you are trying to prove someone's innocent is what you're doing. So... I started talking and I told my mom's story and it, at first it was odd because I was never someone who was spotlight, like talking. Right. But I used it kind of as a platform to talk about her story and who she was and the amazing person that she was. Cause she truly was. And that's not coming from her daughter. That's coming from the hundreds of people who have contacted me telling me that. Right. And to use it for my story on the fact that it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter your life story. You choose if you're a survivor or a victim. Right. So me getting my degree, me becoming a teacher was my story of how I survived. Probably like something I would never wish on my worst enemy. Absolutely. So I've done my research and watched many an interview and many a show on your family and your life and what you guys have gone through. And um, I can't imagine what it's like to be so split between your family. I would imagine that your dad has obviously your two brothers and his side, and then you have your side plus your mom's side of the family. I can't imagine what that's like to at one point be a huge big family and then to have something like this happen. You know what I mean? How do you, how do you manage that? I mean, what were holidays like the first time you guys really cut off ties? I can't, I I don't even know how to ask the question. So I'm very lucky and I'll explain why. Um, When Curtis, who is my biological father, was arrested, his lawyers told his parents, who are my parents, and his sister, they could not have any contact with me. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, being at school, because I was at school when he got arrested, getting the call and them crying and saying, I don't know what's going on. We're not allowed to talk to you, but it's not going to be like that forever. No, we love you. No, we support you. Mm-hmm. That lasted about two weeks. And then my grams called me and said, I'm not doing this. This is not your fault. I will have really, like, I'm not cutting off contact with you so from day one or not day one weeks after I have remained close with my grandparents and my aunt my grandparents are my rock I literally love them more than anything Mm -hmm. but what's really special is my other grandma who raised me was my mom's mom got you okay so your grandma who raised you is your mom's mom and I would imagine you have a piece of your... I personally think you look very much like your mom. I've done my due diligence and my research. And I think you look very much like your mother. Do you get that a lot? Uh, yes. I am literally the finite image of my mom it, to the point where sometimes it takes me off guard when I like catch myself in the mirror and I'm mm-hmm. dressed a certain way. And it does catch her family and friends off guard 
sometimes. Like, and I get called Corey a lot because of it because I'm very witty, like her. We have this. I'm literally, if you could take an apple from her tree, it would be me. That's awesome. I mean, that must be that must be incredible to be able to really have that piece of your mom with you and to be known as that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is. It makes, it makes me feel like I, and it's really because between the two fans, there's no issues. Mm-hmm. My brothers aren't around. Curtis isn't around, but my grandma, my mom's mom comes to my other grandparents. Like she spent Christmas with us. Oh, that's awesome. So there's, which is the best scenario. Like everyone thinks that the two families have issues and we don't like my grandparents invite my grandma to Easter, to Christmas, to Thanksgiving and vice versa. And I don't have a stake in between the families. Good. Which is the biggest blessing. So now that's incredible. What I want to know, because I'm nosy and why not in terms of moving on with life and finding a relationship and someone you trust and someone that, for lack of a better phrase, hasn't done their research and figured out what happened. I mean, how do you navigate that? I can't even imagine navigating something this big, especially in your hometown. Like, dating in your hometown must have been real difficult. <laughs> like, you all know, so let's just skip ahead here. So dating for the longest time, I only dated people from my hometown because they already knew that Mm. story Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to have that conversation. So for multiple years, I was only dating people from my hometown. Mm. Obviously nothing ever worked out. The man I'm seeing now is not from my hometown. And I did have that dilemma of, okay, when how Mm. and where am I going to have this conversation? Because eventually if we stay together, it's going to have to be a conversation. Mm -hmm. And that was the scariest part of starting a relationship with someone who didn't know me. Absolutely. Am I allowed to ask how it went? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Can I ask how it went? (laughs) It actually went, it was a very interesting scenario. Um, I was at an event with, I do have a father figure, which I'm very thankful for. I was at an event for him. It was a beer tasting event and I invited my boyfriend along to come. And at that event, everyone knew me through Steve because he was putting it on. He had talked about me. He called me his daughter. People knew my story. Right. And I had three people at this event come up to me and say, hey, I think you're amazing. I really want to have a conversation about what you went through. And one guy even went far enough to say, you know what? We're inviting Steve and his wife by you. And we're just going to drink and talk and have a good time. And oh. my boyfriend was standing there. And in my mind, I'm like, he probably thinks I could I killed someone. Like... He's probably asking, like, why are all these people saying this to you? What is going on? So I had to to have that conversation on the way home from that event. And I was like, and I was just blunt about it. And I was like, hey, what I'm about to tell you is a lot. 
I know you're at, you're wondering why they kept saying it, but this is what happened. He handled it so well. That's awesome. God. And it was it was a blessing because it was a bit huge. What have you celebrated recently? You said at that point it was four, four months. months. I feel like point. it is longer now. And I was terrified. We're to hit seven at the end of January. Yeah, seven. Awesome. And then I think by the time this podcast comes out, you will be at nine. I believe it'll be out uh, in March. So that's awesome. That's so crazy. Happy <laughs> nine month anniversary in the future. And. That's I'm excited for you. A That's a long relationship for me. <laughs> That's a very long relationship for me. That's wonderful. You deserve it. And so... Thank you. From all of the tragedy and frustration and anger that has happened, you became a teacher, and I follow you on all the social media platforms, and I get to watch you interact in your classroom. I get to watch you interact with your life. I've seen so many cat videos. It's not even funny. You turn all of your tragedy into strength, and um, I'm excited to be able to follow you on all your social media platforms, but I also uh, know that you do something that probably by the time this podcast start is out, I will also be joining this team for the first time in a million years after 35 million people have asked me to do it, and I've said no. I have said yes to you, and so I just have to pick my start date, and no, I'm not announcing that start date on this podcast. Um, but you <laughs> are a beach body coach. So tell me how all of that came to be. Um, so I think the important part of that is mental illness and mm. knowing that trauma is a real thing mm-hmm. and trauma affects people differently, but trauma is trauma. And what I've gone through is obviously trauma. Like there's no half go lucky way to talk about it. Like, I do suffer from depression. I do suffer from anxiety. And I am on zero medication for it. That's incredible. I found fitness to be the way for me to deal with that. Mm. Um, I wanted a natural way to deal with it. I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And though it, some people, some people do need to be on it, I wanted to see if I could find it. So I ended up actually competing for two years. And I found Beachbody to help others, Okay. also myself, but help others find that confidence in themselves. And if you are suffering from anxiety or, or anything, body dysmorphia, which I also suffer fitness is a great way to take control and say, you know what, feeling this way, but I'm going to help it feel a different way. Absolutely. Use fitness, and I use my platform with Beachbody. To empower people. Can you explain to some of our listeners what body dysmorphia is? If you've ever been in like a fun house or anything like that where there's a mirror and what you see in the mirror is not what you are. You mm-hmm. bottom heavy, top heavy, large, super skinny. It goes all different ways. I see that when I look in a normal mirror. You see all my imperfections. I see the fat. I see all what I don't want to see. And a lot of it does have to do with Instagram and things like that where people are betrayed in certain ways. And the body image is betrayed to be this perfect body. Absolutely. Nobody's body is perfect. But finding the confidence within yourself through fitness, through healthy eating habits, but also being able to say, hey, I'm going to have a cheat meal tonight and enjoy my life is the balance we need. Um, so the body, so working 
helps my body dysmorphia. I can work out and be like, you know what? You did something today. Like you bettered yourself because you worked out. That's incredible. What advice do you have to, uh, for young men and women that suffer from that, that suffer from trauma, that suffer from anxiety? What advice do you have for them um, in life? Start with your support system. Surround yourself with people who are going to be there for you through the good and bad times. Um, my support system, I would not be where I am now if it weren't for them. Um, I have friends, I have family friends, and I have family who stood by me who remind me that I don't have a normal story, but I've killed it to the point where I am living a relatively normal life, I like mm-hmm. to think. Um, and then also just find something that makes you happy. For me, it's fitness Absolutely. and teaching and my cats. And I surround myself with the things I love to be able to stay happy and not fall into those dark times where I do miss my mom and I cry, but I don't hide in my bed for four days. Right. I'm able to get out Absolutely. because I can say, hey, look, there's my cat. I'm going to snuggle my cat. Now I'm going to go work out and make myself feel good. Right. You are an incredible woman inside and out. You have overcome so many different things and um, have really shared your journey with people of all ages and have helped a lot of people through the Dateline and all the other episodes that you were on, as well as Beachbody and then, of course, being a teacher, which is, I think, one of the most rewarding, thankless, difficult, exhausting jobs that you can do. And you... um, are wonderful in your classroom from what I've gotten to see. And I love that. And so um, thank you for empowering the younger generation. Thank you for empowering the current generation. And thank you for empowering the generation that sometimes tries to squelch the younger generation of their empowerment. So um, I'm excited for what's next for you. I would love for our listeners to be able to follow you, follow your Beachbody account, I would love for our listeners to be able to join your Beachbody team. I would love for them to be able to follow you on social media, all of that stuff. Where do we find you? How do we follow you? And how do we join the Beachbody team? So to follow me on Instagram, it's at InfitLife. That's L-Y-N-S-F-I-T-L-Y-S-E. Because I think I'm cute. <laughs> and I like the Y, apparently. Um and if you're interested in joining Beachbody coach or even just someone who wants to take the challenge and find a healthier lifestyle, just message me on Instagram and hit me up and be like, hey, I'd love to join. I love getting people, both men and women, on my team to be a coach and empower other people or even just to find themselves and make them the best person they can be. That's incredible. Again, st- tell me your Instagram account one more time. Lynn's L-Y-N-S, Fit, F-I-T, Life, L-Y-F-E, on Instagram. Lynn's Fit Life. Follow her on Instagram. Join her Beachbody team. Yes, I am joining. No, I'm not telling you when. Nobody needs to know because they will not see me at a beach anytime (laughs) soon. I am so (laughs) grateful that through all the technical difficulties, we were able to make this conversation happen. I will be calling you in the next, like, five or six days to set something up. Nobody needs to know what I'm setting up, but I feel like you can already figure it out. Um, I'm very excited to work closer with you and learn from you and maybe enjoy going to the beach more than I already do. I hate the sand.
I hate Body sand. empowerment. No, I just hate <laughs> sand. Like, that's really where we're at. I just don't want to go. Um, <laughs> go to a pool. <laughs> that's a lot of chlorine, and it's not good for your brain. I can find rule. I can find ways out of anything right now. Um, I'm so grateful. Happy six month anniversary. Happy friendiversary to us. I don't even know if that's accurate, but I wanted to say it anyways because it's my show. And I am appreciative of you. I love you lots. And I'm thankful for you. I'm appreciative of you. I love you lots. I'm uh, thankful that a random Facebook message or Instagram message brought us into one another's lives and you were willing to do this interview and be friends. So uh, thank you for your time. And through the technical difficulties, you've been incredible. I may leave a couple of those roboted moments in there because it's kind of funny. Um <laughs> You're wonderful. And anytime you want to come on the show and talk about life and empowerment, you are more than welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me. This was fun. You're so welcome. And I hope one day you have your own podcast. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. See what I did there? (laughs) Aha. All right, lovely lady. Thank you so much for being on. Everybody, go follow Lindsay on Instagram. Lynn's L-Y-N-S, fit, F-I-T-L-Y-F-E, because she loves the Y's and she thinks she's cute. Go follow her, join her team, be a part of her team, support her. Even if you don't want to join the Beachbody team, support her, her work, and her empowerment to our youth, our current, and our older. You will not be disappointed. Thank you for your time, and you are loved beyond measure. today was mixed by the incredible Kara Lee. Thank you, Kara, for all that you're doing for Triple Threats and Beyond. Guys, you can visit us on Twitter at TTB with Roy. You can follow us on Instagram at Triple Threats and Beyond. You can go to our newly built by Katie Beth Barber uh, website, www.tripletreatsandbeyond.com. You can also go visit our brand new YouTube channel and see what we've got going on up there. You don't want to miss this. Stay connected. Let's talk. Let's talk about future guests. Let's talk about past guests. Let's just talk. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for staying connected. Stay safe. Bye.